What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees and Coffee Bean, and welcome to week eight of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL football season and postseason, of course. Yeah, a decent little week here in week seven. We weren't underwater uh, with any of our picks across the board. Would have liked to have striven for more, looking like we were going to be doing better until the latter part of the week. So eight and six straight up is what I wound up going in week seven. Has me now 58, 49 and one on the season. Just a little bit over 53 and a half percent picking the game straight up. It's a struggle in relative terms for me, but I'm more consistently hitting numbers that are at least closer to something that I'm used to with like, you know, we've only really had one truly terrible week so far this season. So I guess, you know, things could be worse than what they have been uh, against the spread and over under. I was even money last week, seven and seven across the 14 games, one game above 500 against the spread this year at 54, 53 and one and still four games over 500 on the totals at 56 and 52. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks from week seven are actually relatively strong. I kind of took steps back in the silver and bronze pick where I have been the strongest this season. The uh, bronze pick and the silver pick were both one and two last week, which moves both of their records to 13 and eight on the season with the bronze pick. I had the Bengals over the Falcons. Houston failed to cover plus seven. I believe it was against the spread and Detroit and Dallas failed to get over the point total somehow. And with the gold pick, uh, Dallas beat Detroit, but Baltimore failed to cover against the spread and the Packers and commanders failed to stay under their point total. And there was again, so close, but yet so far so only one and two each on those picks now the gold pick for the second consecutive week three and oh on the gold pick this means the gold pick is on a six and oh run over the last two weeks i've hauled that thing out of the gutter remember it was five and ten just a couple of weeks ago now all of a sudden boom six game run now at 11 and 10 with the gold pick that was baltimore over cleveland the giants covering against the spread and the steelers and the dolphins staying under the point total so three and oh there for the second week in a row and the platinum pick was two and one now 11 9 and 1 on the season the bucks with that shocking loss against the carolina panthers but arizona covered against the spread and the bucks and the panthers did stay under the point total so i missed it straight up but at least i got the point total on that one so across the board what is that that's uh seven and five so you know we could do a lot worse than seven and five so you know those picks are moving in the right direction which is nice Taking a peek at the Bridgewater's finest pick'em pool for season 11 of this show. I still sit in 18th place out of 36. Uh, 505 of 890 possible confidence points. So it's just over 56.5% on those points. And that includes going 61 for 105 in week 7, which is just over 58 Shout out to our week seven winner, Rachel's Picks, which I believe is Chris's wife. I think that might be uh, our good friend Chris's wife. So she went nine and five last week, which is solid effort there. 86 of 105 possible confidence points. And that's a clip of 81.9%. That's a great week any way you slice it. So Rachel's Picks gets the week seven win. 
AIM 2022 has now moved into the overall lead at 63, 44, and 1 straight up. 561 out of 890 possible confidence points for a clip of basically right on the money 63%. We know what it usually is towards the end of the year, but AIM 2022 currently sits in the lead at 63%. Uh, let's see, Andrew, looks like my friend Carver ruined your picks this past week. I mean, it happens. Carver's a bit of a jerk. <laughs> no. Uh, I was actually, I was happy to see Carver come back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. So I actually kind of appreciated uh, getting a little glimpse at Carver this week. Geo doesn't like him, but I certainly do. So now taking a peek into Fantasy Corner, which is of course presented by the Dynasty Trade Calculator at the DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Now my affiliate link to the DTC is in the description down below, and that is where you're going to be able to gain access for as little as $3, gain access to one of the absolute best resources available online for long-term dynasty and keeper fantasy football takes you to championships by giving you excellent trade evaluations the best i think dynasty rankings that are available anywhere online a lot of podcasts with a bunch of great experts it does not matter how your league is configured the dynasty trade calculator does have you covered so grab my affiliate link down below and for as little as three dollars you can gain access to the dtc and hey, I started turning things around this week. How about that? I picked up my first win of the season in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football, beating Gavin to move my record to a measly and kind of disgusting one and six. But hey, you got to start somewhere and we'll start at one and six. So I got the win by like two points. I really had to sweat it out uh, a Monday night miracle trying to fade Ramondre Stevenson who had a good game. It just wasn't quite enough. So I did sweat that out, got my first win of the year. Also moved to four and three in the anti and co dynasty fantasy football league with a victory over Carmine. That one was not overly in doubt. Uh, by about halfway through Sunday is like, okay, it's, it's looking good for me. So that moved my record to four and three. However, I do have two matchups in week eight that are projected losses for me right now. I'm up against Billy in the Professionals Dynasty, and I'm up against the aforementioned Chris in the Anti and Co. Dynasty. This is, of course, Chris's league, Anti and Co. And so, yeah, I got Billy and I got Chris. Two very tough matchups. Two matchups I am projected to lose, but let's see what we can make happen. Also a great time to let you know that if you go down to the description of this live stream of the VOD of the podcast episode, wherever you interact with this show, you are going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week eight in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's finest pick em pool for season 11. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube prognosticators, Facebook page, and you're going to find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees and Coffee Bean. Ladies and gentlemen, nerdtees.ca is where you need to go to find dozens and dozens of incredible loose leaf tea blends. And now, of course, dozens and dozens of great coffee blends as well, just across any hot drink uh, spectrum that you want to have your tea drinker, your coffee drinker, nerdtees.ca now has you covered with a bunch of incredible options for you. 
nerdtees.ca. And when you go there, you're going to want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks, which is an excellent value. And you're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar, as you typically do with Canadian businesses, which is exactly what our great friends at Nerd Tees are. Now today's blend, I mentioned it right off the top of the show, a low caffeine mix because it is now quarter after eight in the evening for your boy. So this one is a golden apple cinnamon and it's one of my, it's one of the blends that I've had for the longest from Nerd Tees and I absolutely adore it. But you can find a ton of incredible options at nerdtees.ca. Going to want to use that promo code BWFINEST, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. He could be, but hey, I got to get back to work, Justin. I'll check out your picks later. Awesome, Andrew. Thank you so much for popping in and checking out the stream. And we got Gorian in the chat now. Rams money line is my single of the week. Okay. Okay. I like it. We are going to waste no more time. We are going to get into my picks here for week eight in the NFL 2022. We're going to bring our mystical, magical um, green binder over here, which I've, uh, I think, I think has done me fairly well so far this year we are going to kick things off in tampa bay the tampa bay bucks playing host to the baltimore ravens now tampa bay on a a baffling two-game losing streak including of course that aforementioned loss last week against carolina that almost no one expected uh to happen we're looking at a Baltimore Ravens team here that is fairly good in terms of generating turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. They don't give up a ton of turnovers in their own right. They rank towards the top of the league so far this season in terms of the turnover differential. Tampa Bay, pretty darn good uh, defense. They're in the top 10 in terms of total defense uh, this year. Baltimore ranking in the bottom 10. I would say that both of these offenses are kind of middle of the road like both of them are certainly able to generate points and certainly able to move the ball in very specific ways but it's no shock that anybody is kind of shell-shocked about what happened to Tampa Bay and what's happened to Tom Brady this season I don't necessarily know that the bloom is fully off of that rose I don't necessarily think that like all of a sudden Tom Brady's just gunned and and doesn't have anything left to offer here you give me points on the bucks at home when the alternative a loss gives them three consecutive losses the concept of i I should have looked this up before the show but i just didn't have the time the concept of tom brady losing three consecutive games is just like it's just mind-boggling to me and i just i just don't see I don't know. I just don't see it happening. This is a gut play, I guess. This Tampa team is too good to play the way that it did last week, ever. But I don't expect them to follow it up with a similar performance. It's in prime time. The lights are bright. I'm going to grab the Tampa Bay Bucks here at home to get a very marginal upset win, but still an upset win. I like the Bucks at home to beat the Ravens. So on the line, Tampa Bay's taking a point and a half here. I like them to win, so I guess give me the point and a half. It's going to be another one of those uh, 2-0 and or 0-2 games where you either, you either sweep it or you get nothing. And that's just kind of the nature of it. So we're going to go with Tampa Bay and we're going to take the plus 1.5. 
Total in the game here set at 45 and a half points. This is actually one of my favorite totals of the week. I love the under in this one, and I love it so much that Baltimore Tampa Bay under 45 and a half points is going to be my gold pick this week. Baltimore Tampa Bay under 45 and a half, my gold pick. So we are going to go Tampa Bay 23, Baltimore 17. I think both of these uh, both of these teams can score some points. I just don't think we see a ton of them on Thursday night. So we're going to grab the under there and go 23-17 Tampa. Bucks win, take the Bucks plus the point and a half and under on the point total. We go immediately into the chat here. So we had Gorian said Rams money line, my single of the week. Then Vikings, Bills, Titans. Martin saying, I guess they miss Bruce Arians. That's an entirely possible. I mean, I think it's Todd Bowles, isn't it? It's still Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is a good coach. Um, so, but maybe they probably, they may miss Bruce. I mean, Bruce Arians is, is a legend, obviously. Uh, Gorian, RIP to my Colts. Boy, what an interesting situation that is. Uh, Patriots Brady has always struggled against Baltimore or against the Ravens. I'm going with Baltimore. That comes from my mind, right? Martin says, I like Baltimore also. Uh, they do Martin. He was the only one that could challenge Brady. That was in response to the Bruce Arians comment. Uh, keep him accountable. Remember when Peyton Manning towards the end of his indie career threw four interceptions, three games in a row, it happens. I mean, it certainly does. I mean, to to your point, my mind right. There's certain things that you would never expect quarterbacks of that ilk to have happen. So yeah, it certainly does. I, I don't know. I just I got a feeling about the the Bucks this week. Uh, Fred Total says I believe Buffalo might just take that one. I uh, we'll get there. We'll get there for sure. So let's go over now to jolly old England and Wembley Stadium where the Denver Broncos will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville technically the home team, quote unquote, in this matchup. Both of these teams coming into this game losers of four consecutive, although boy, Jacksonville was like, Jacksonville was that close, weren't they? That's why they teach tackling. That's why they teach form tackling. It's so, so important. And football becomes a game of inches. And that's exactly what happened with Jacksonville. Oh, so close to coming up and winning that game. But again, both of these teams, losers of four straight coming in. The Jags are a slightly above average offense. Although now they just traded away James Robinson. That was an interesting move. And that was, of course, in response to what happened with Brees Hall for the Jets, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. So it, that's a hit to their offense. I think it has to be. I like Travis Etienne. I don't know if Etienne's ready to be a three down back yet. We're certainly going to find out. And that's definitely the role that he's going to be put in. And if you have Travis Etienne in fantasy, I think you're going to be feeling pretty good for the rest of the year. I think if you look at both of these teams, if there's a unit on either of these teams that you could describe as truly special, it would have to be Denver's defense. Neither one of these offenses are like crazy off the page incredible, but Denver's defense, man, Denver's defense is one of the top defenses in the league. I believe they're a top five total defense right now. They, I think, can steal this football game. I don't think it's going to be a massive offensive game, although when we talk about the total, we'll talk about that. But I think that Denver's defense is the unit that's going to win this game. I'm going to grab Denver here, especially where Jacksonville is as heavily favored 
as they are. So I'm going to grab the Broncos here uh, in Wembley Stadium. Denver gets the win over Jacksonville. So if you'll notice, that's it, it's two straight upset picks that I've grabbed here just to kick things off right away. So Jacksonville was originally laying three and a half on this line. It's currently down to Jags minus two and a half. Obviously, I'm not going to take that. I like Denver to win. So give me the two and a half points on the Broncos. Total in the game set at 39 and a half. And this is, uh, this is more a play on the number than anything else. Like, boy, you give me a number in the 30s. It's super tough to take an under on that. It's such a beatable number. I don't think this flies over by any means, but I do think they beat this total. So let's go over 39 and a half points in Jacksonville, Denver. Let's go uh, 24 to 20 in favor of the Broncos. Uh, Denver gets the win. Take Denver plus the two and a half. Give me the over on the points. Uh, let's see. LOL meant Baltimore over Tampa Bay. Gorian. Peyton never went to Ursay's wedding to a second wife 34 hours before a game. Uh, Gorian after leaving Ursay's team. Uh, I believe Jacksonville has a good win-loss record in London games, says Martin. I believe that is the case. Uh, who will be the quarterback for the Broncos? It might be Brett Ripien, but right now it's, it is kind of looking like it might be Russ. But, you know, with, with all the travel involved, it, it's it's tough to say. Uh, again, I just think Denver's defense is the unit in this game that's special. So it might not matter who the Broncos quarterback is. I think the Broncos defense is going to be the one that winds up stealing this game. Gorian says, take the Jags. I say, no. Um, all right. On to Atlanta, where the Falcons are going to play host to the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, Carolina making a ton of noise, trading Christian McCaffrey uh, to, the LA, uh, to the LA Rams, to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a package of picks. I guess I have the Rams on my mind because I got a piece of content I'm going to make um, related to that. Carolina, bottom, uh, bottom five total offense in the NFL so far this year. They cut bait with Christian McCaffrey. That certainly can't help things. Although the tandem of Chuba Hubbard before he got injured and left that game last week, of Chuba Hubbard and Donta Foreman, they got something going there in their run game. I don't think, like, it's, it's an instance of taking a look at what you have um, behind behind your, your all-star. People are in the chat still talking about Jacksonville and London games. It's, it's a, it's taking a look at who you've got behind your superstar and understanding that there's something there and getting them more involved. I don't think it's going to kill like, look, Carolina's offense was one of the bottom ones in the league, regardless of whether you had Christian McCaffrey in the backfield or not. So I liked the trade to be perfectly honest. I think they had to make a move. I like the Niners uh, for going and getting him. So I, I, I liked that all around. The Falcons, you're talking about a team with a bottom five total defense and one that's probably going to be dealing uh, with a significant injury on the defensive side, which is A.J. Terrell. So A.J. Terrell dealing with a stinger. Right now they consider him week to week. I would say the likelihood of him playing this week, I don't think he's on the happy side of questionable. I think he'd be closer to doubtful than questionable if I had to give him a tag. So likely not going to have A.J. Terrell, and he is a significant piece of that Falcons defense. Could bode well for Carolina's offense and P.J. Walker, who obviously left a good impression on folks uh, last week with what he was able to do in... Um, uh, in relief, this was a tough one for me because it's, it's in general, I hate to, 
put a ton of stock into teams that struggle defensively because man, if you can't get a stop in this league, it's real tough to win. So this was tough for me because I knew as the home team against the team that they're playing, the Falcons were going to be relatively heavily favored. So you, it's tough to take a team that really struggles on the defensive side and is dealing with an injury and to, uh, to be able to, you know, to be able to trust them. Sorry. I still keep, I keep getting distracted by chat. Focus up here. I am going to go with the Falcons in this one. I think they're the better football team top to bottom. And uh, I think they have more potency on the offensive side. If they can deal with what Carolina brings now offensively with a PJ Walker, who they probably don't have a ton of game film on with a Chuba Hubbard, if he's there and healthy, if he's not, by the way, Donta Foreman, I think is probably an RB two in fantasy this week. That's without Chuba Hubbard there. If Chuba is there, they're probably both flexes, but if Chuba's not there, still dealing with the injury. Donta Foreman is definitely almost a must start. I would think in fantasy this week, but I'm going to grab the Falcons here to get the win. They're at home. I'll give them the edge. Let's take the Falcons to beat the Panthers on the line. Uh, Atlanta is favored by four and a half points. And I think I'm going to go ahead and lay those just because I don't know if lightning's going to strike twice or if lightning can strike twice with this Carolina team. I don't necessarily know that we're going to see Chuba Hubbard in this game, who I do believe is the more talented of the two backs. We've gone through the Donta Foreman experiment before it's happened in years past and it's, it'll have its moments, but it won't be a consistent thing. So Chuba Hubbard's the future of that backfield. I don't know if he's playing this week. So I guess I'll lay the four and a half on Atlanta. Total in the game set at 41 and a half points. This feels like a fairly solid over to me. Um, don't think it flies, but I think it should get over with relative ease. Let's go over 41 and a half points in Atlanta, Carolina. Let's go Falcons 27, Panthers 17. It still gives them some ability to do some good things on offense without necessarily having to repeat what they did last week. So give me the Falcons, lay the points, give me the over. Let's go into the chat here. Uh, take the Jags, they own London. Didn't. Uh, hello from Chad from Regina. Hi, Chad. Welcome to the chat. Uh, does Jacksonville get a guaranteed game in London each year? If so, that would break the tie for me. Experience overseas. Gorian says they are the default home team there. Khan has an English passport. Uh, yes, they do. They push for it. I'm a Philadelphia fan, says Chad. To Khan, it's a must. Uh, Panthers, another weird team. I'm taking the Falcons at home. Chad says Atlanta to win. Let's go to Dallas now. Dallas going to play host to the Chicago Bears, the surprising Chicago Bears, who pulled up a big win last night on Monday Night Football, kind of embarrassing the New England Patriots, although they certainly contributed to embarrassing themselves. Um, so Chicago, they came up with that big win. Obviously, they're going to be coming into this game on the short week because... They did just play on Monday night. It's also the tail end of back-to-back -back road games here for the Bears, who go from Gillette Stadium, obviously, across, basically across the country, to go to Jerry World down in Dallas. Now, Dallas is still a bottom five total offense this year, but of course, a lot of that is Cooper Rush related. They've only had Dak back for one week, so I would expect to see them climb here in the uh, in the coming weeks. Chicago, also a bottom five total offense so far this year, although with what happened last week, that, that could very well have changed. I didn't actually recheck the stats before I went live because I was in a bit of a rush. 
Cowboys have played relatively strong defense so far this year, a top 10 total defense. They're also one of the better teams in the league in terms of the, uh, the turnover ratio. Uh, a little better than a half a turnover per game to the positive. So they're generating more turnovers on defense than they are allowing offensively. This is kind of another situation like with Carolina. Like I think Chicago is a better football team, but this is a lightning strikes twice scenario where was this, is this what we can expect from Chicago moving forward? Or was this just kind of a, prime time one and done thing for the bears in a game where I think 90% of the public probably thought they weren't going to win. So I, it remains to be seen to me whether this is a sustainable thing for Chicago. I got to take Dallas here. I think Dallas is the better football team and I like Dallas so much that Dallas over the Chicago bears is going to be my gold pick this week. Straight up Dallas over Chicago straight up my gold pick. So Obviously, we're on the Cowboys here in Jerry World. Now, on the line, the Cowboys are laying nine and a half points here as a home favorite. It's just too many points. It's too many points in a game featuring two of the bottom five total offenses in football to expect one of those teams, the favorite, to win by 10 points or more. I just don't like that. So we're going to go ahead and take the plus 9.5 on the Chicago Bears. It obviously insulates us for another Bears upset potentially. I like Dallas to win, but give me the points on Chicago. Total in the game set at 42 and a half points. This also contributes to it. I like the under on this one. I'm going to be sticking under this point total because of the two offenses that are involved here. Let's go under 42 and a half points in Dallas, Chicago. Let's go Cowboys 21, Bears 17. Dallas gets the win. Bears cover the plus nine and a half and give me the under on the points. Uh, let's see. Sorry I was late in the hot tub. Riders, ouch. That's from Chad. Chad also says Dallas to win. Yes, I took the spread. Thank you, Bears. Uh, Gorian says I had New England money line. Martin, Cowboys all the way. Bears were a mirage last night. I, I it's, It kind of feels that way to me, too. Uh, I would be shocked, honestly, if they were able to produce a second straight performance up to that level. Uh, Gorian says Buffalo would be my money line gold play. Fair enough. I like it, but we'll talk about that game later. So let's go to Detroit. Now the Detroit lions are going to play host to the Miami dolphins, Detroit on a four game losing streak right now. After I guess opening the season or close to opening the season with a win, they've lost four straight. They're still a glass cannon, top five total offense, bottom five total defense. Also now one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of turning the football over. I think second maybe only to New Orleans. New Orleans is still like the worst turnover ratio team in the entire league. And of course, you know, for a team that's lost four straight games, it's kind of no surprise that they're coughing the ball up fairly frequently. When you're talking about the Miami Dolphins, you're talking about a top 10 total offense so far on the season. Defense is kind of pedestrian, but what they're able to do on offense now that they've got a as healthy as he's going to be probably to a Tagovailoa back under center. Got to like the Dolphins in this spot, I think. Let's grab Miami on the road in Detroit to hand the Lions their fifth straight loss. Miami over Detroit. 
On the line, Detroit is taking plus 3.5 here as a home dog. I totally understand it. I like Miami to cover this number with, I think, relative ease. So much so that Miami minus the 3.5 is going to be my bronze pick against the spread. Miami minus 3.5, my bronze pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 51 and a half points. I think Detroit will start to kind of get their offense back right. Obviously, I think uh, DeAndre Swift is going to be back this week. That completely fundamentally changes their offense, which is very nice. I think you'll see them kind of start to click a little bit more on offense, get some more points on the board. You just can't trust that defense to stop anybody. So we're going to go over the 51 and a half point total. Let's go ahead and go over that. Let's go Miami 30, Detroit 24. Dolphins win, Dolphins cover, and give me the over on the points. Uh, let's see. I don't blame you, Gorian, says Martin. Uh, Chad, what happened to Detroit? Do they know the season started? Well, you know, Dan, Dan Campbell is a very intense individual, so you can feel free to write him a letter if you want, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if there wasn't a punch in the face returned to you because that just seems like the kind of guy that Dan Campbell is. Not that he'd punch random people in the face, but he's an intense dude. That's what we're going for here. Fred total says Miami couldn't cover the seven careful on this pig. Another weird game. It's possible. I mean, I didn't love, I don't think I loved Miami to cover the seven last week either. If I go back. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't take Miami to cover the seven last week either, but I mean, it's the difference between seven and three and a half. I think this is a spot where they'll be able to cover. Woody Hayes punches random people in the face. Fair enough. All right, let's go to Minnesota now where the Vikings are on a four-game winning streak and they're going to play host here to the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona coming in with the benefit of the long week, having played on Thursday night last week. Minnesota coming into this game off of their bye. So both of these teams will come in well-rested. Ideally, we should see the best of these two teams. That's kind of what I'm expecting in this football game. Now... The real difference here is I think one of these teams is a really good football team. I think the other one has good pieces that kind of, I don't want to say masquerades as a good football team because that sounds more like aggressive than <laughs> I'm intending it to be. But I think the Minnesota Vikings are a genuinely very good football team. I think they have a very good offense. I think they have a very good defense. Statistically, that doesn't necessarily bear itself out. But I think Minnesota's defense is more opportunistic and better than the numbers indicate. Arizona is a team that has good pieces. Both of these teams are a positive in terms of the turnover ratio, the turnover differential. So we might see that one team that makes that one mistake could wind up being the difference in this football game. It is a relatively close spread, but that I, you could certainly see something like that playing itself out. Minnesota's got all the momentum right now as far as I'm concerned. We're going to go ahead and grab the Vikings here at home for their fifth straight win. I like Minnesota. Vikings beat the cards against the spread. Minnesota is laying minus 3.5 here as a home favorite. I'm going to go ahead and lay those points as well. Minnesota minus three and a half. It is buying the hook. Arizona is a good football team, but I don't think they're as good as Minnesota. And I think Minnesota is capable of covering this number. So give me the minus three and a half on the Vikes. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. I think this is like pretty close to a perfect total. 
This is probably the closest to a perfect total that we have in a game this week. I'm going to stay under on this one, I think. I think the defenses in this are going to come to play. Yes, there are playmakers on both sides, and you could certainly see an explosion of points. I just don't think that's what we're going to see in this game. So let's stick under 48.5 points, but just barely in Arizona, Minnesota. Let's go Vikings 27, Arizona 20. Vikings win, Vikings cover. Give me the under on the points. Uh, Fred says, sorry, I meant pick. Oh, pick instead of pig. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, Chad says, Minnesota to win on a roll. Absolutely. Look, right now, they're one of the hottest teams in football. And I think they keep that momentum going this week over, you know, a pretty beatable opponent in a pretty beatable spot. You get them at home. It's got to be a good feeling. Let's take the Vikes. All right. Let's see. Let's move on now to the New Orleans Saints at home taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Now the Raiders, a little bit of a glass cannon this season as well. They're a top 10 total offense, but a bottom 10 total defense. That's right about where I expected the Raiders to be. And it's right about where I expect them to sit for the majority of the season. This is an offense that can move the ball and put up points. Obviously, Josh Jacobs has been a revelation. They can definitely do that. But they're also a defense that gives up big chunk plays and it has a hard time keeping points off the board. So again, they are kind of what I thought they were. Now, the New Orleans Saints, a team that I don't necessarily know if they're the team that I thought they were. To this point, the Saints are a top five total offense in the NFL. They move the ball exceptionally well. Here's the problem. They can't stop turning the ball over. Now, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and act like I predicted last week that Andy Dalton would throw three interceptions, two of them being pick sixes. I certainly didn't. I certainly did not think that that was going to happen. But what I did tell you last week was that the Saints were the worst team in the NFL in terms of the turnover differential. I said it. I said it live on this show that they were the worst. And what happens? A bunch of turnovers. And they dig themselves into an insurmountable hole. They are still, obviously, after that many turnovers, still the worst team in the NFL in terms of the turnover differential. And likely will be for some time unless their defense decides to turn it around. Now that doesn't mean that you can just fade them for the rest of the year. But it is one of those things that you have to keep in mind. If you are going to go with the Saints. You have to keep in mind that this is a team that almost can't help but turn the football over. Uh, Saints are on a two game losing streak. They do come into this one on the benefit of the long week. So they do get a little bit of extra rest. I just, I kind of like the Raiders here and pretty often, like I, I fade the Raiders maybe a little bit more than I should. And I think it's because I kind of knew what the Raiders were and they've kind of been that. So maybe that's why I fade them as much as I do. I actually like this spot for them. I do think they get the win here over the Saints. I think this is going to be an absolute shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points on the board on both sides. Going to be a good day for fantasy for a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy managers. But I'm going to grab the Raiders here on the road in New Orleans to get a big win. Raiders beat the Saints. Now on the line, the Saints are actually marginal dogs here at home, taking plus 1.5 on the line. I like the Raiders to win. It's a small price to pay. Give me the minus 1.5 on Vegas. 
Total in the game set at 49.5 points. This feels like a relatively easy over to me. So let's go ahead and do that over 49.5 points in Vegas, New Orleans. And in fact, I like that over so much that uh, Las Vegas and New Orleans over 49.5 is going to be my silver pick on the totals this week. Uh, Raiders and Saints over 49.5, my silver pick. So we are going to go Raiders 30, Saints 27, Raiders win, Raiders cover, and give me a relatively layup over on the 49 and a half points. Martin, sorry, Justin, you were the only person to take Houston over the Raiders last Sunday. 18 point spread for the winners. Yeah, <laughs> didn't work out all that well, did it? <laughs> you got to take your shots. You got to take your chances. Uh, LV to win. They beat them twice in a row. A that's from Chad. Uh, Fred total says Raiders better team right now. Yeah. hundred percent. I would agree with all that. The new England Patriots and the New York jets. Before we go on with this, I, I want to just say my piece about Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi and the Patriots, uh, treatment of their quarterbacks. You have a young player here in Mac Jones that in my opinion and I'm look I'm not I'm not a coach I never hashtag played the game when you have a young player like Mac Jones especially one that's just coming back from injury and you leave him out there with a conservative play sheet leave him out there for what was it three drives four drives and then turn back to Bailey Zappi Without an injury justification, they turned to him because they were down 10 points. And yes, you know what? Zappy Mania came in and he immediately put two touchdowns on the board. And the fans were rabid. They were foaming at the mouth. It was an incredible atmosphere. And what happened at the end? You lost by worse than what you were losing when you made that quarterback change. You are playing fast and loose with the guy that actually is your franchise quarterback. Bailey Zappi is good, but Bailey Zappi is a feel-good story. I don't, I don't think that's inflammatory to say. I think his story was incredible. It was awesome that he came from nowhere to do that. It was great. Matt Jones is the franchise quarterback of the New England Patriots. If you are going to play that fast and loose with a young player that's supposed to be the future of your franchise, be careful because that can absolutely kill a player's early development. I don't have to be a football person to know that. And again, and Martin makes a good point. I blame the Patriots defense, not Zappy. It was the Bears. Absolutely. I'm not going to put blame on Bailey Zappy for the outcome of that game. But I am going to put blame on Bill Belichick and the Patriots decision makers for how they treated their quarterback room in that game. To me, it's to me, it's inexcusable. And I'm hoping that this morning, both of those guys were in Belichick's office and had a real frank conversation between the three of them. I really hope that that happened. Patriots, I think, are the definition of an average team. They're an average offense. They're an average defense with flashes of a defense that looks exceptionally good. I think they're a defense that shows flashes, but aren't necessarily a consistent defense. So kind of middle of the road in both cases. Obviously, they come into this game on the short week having just played last night. The New York Jets have won four games in a row. I feel like I'm in Jumanji. What year is it? The Jets have won four games in a row. 
It's amazing. Now, of course, because the universe cannot allow Jets fans to have nice things, uh, obviously they got completely hammered with injuries coming out of that game last week. Uh, the minor ones were Corey Davis, who I think is dealing with either a knee or an ankle injury. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is now out for the season on their offensive line. I think he tore a peck maybe. And obviously the big one is Brees Hall. Uh, he tore his ACL. He's done for the season. Hopefully he'll be back and ready in enough time for training camp next year. He's a young man. Hopefully he heals from that very quickly. I think there was some patellar damage with him as well. So look, that sucks. They've got a good back in Michael Carter. Michael Carter can carry the load and then they just traded for James Robinson. So I don't necessarily know that the Jets offense is going to crater. They're going to be less potent, but I don't think they're going to crater. I think this Jets offense is still going to be dangerous, especially out of their backfield with the combination of Carter and Robinson. Maybe not quite as much as Hall and Carter, but still. They're definitely still going to be dangerous out of their backfield. And with the check down King Zach Wilson, those running backs are going to see a ton of touches. And one of the things that I think is kind of propelling the Jets success right now is the defensive side of the ball. They're a top 10 total defense. Their offense has done good things. They've done enough to win, but the top 10 total defense, that's something that you do not see all the time out of the New York Jets. Sauce Gardner has contributed to that a lot. This Jets defense all of a sudden is no joke. It almost feels like a Tampa Bay situation where like you give me the team that I think low key might be the better of the two teams and you give them to me at plus money with plus points. I think I got to say thank you very much and take that. I'm going to take the New York Jets at home to get an upset win Oh, something of an upset win anyway, over the New England Patriots, continue to deny Bill Belichick second all-time in head coaching wins, including playoffs. Let's grab the Jets here, who, again, winners of four straight. The Jets go to five straight wins by getting a division win over the Patriots. It is officially Bizarro World. So like I said, Jets are a marginal home underdog here, taking a point and a half. I like them to win, so give me the point and a half there on the Jets. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. I actually, I like this over and I like it over uh, quite a bit, actually. this It's a bit of a play on the number, but I do think that this gets over so much so that over 40 and a half points in New England and New York it's going to be my bronze pick on the totals this week. Patriots and Jets over 40 and a half. My bronze pick on the totals. Let's go Jets 23, Patriots 20. Let's make it a shootout right down to the end. Maybe the Jets kick a field goal at the end of the game to win this thing. I like the Jets at home. Give me the Jets. Give me the points and give me the over. <laughs> Chad, why are the New York Jets winner? I think I might pick them again. Is that right or wrong? I think it's right. I genuinely think they're probably, between the two, I think they're the better football team right now. Uh, Pat's overlooked Chicago, thinking about the Jets, Belichick's former team. That's from my mind right. Uh, Martin, I'm favoring the Jets right now. It's been a long time since they beat New England. Uh, Fred Total says whoever covers the spread basically wins the game. I'm taking the Jets. J-E-T-S, Gary Vaynerchuk presents the New York Jets. <laughs> I've made that joke a lot this season. And I guess I just like, I like mentioning Gary's name, I guess.
All right, Battle of Pennsylvania is next here. The Pittsburgh Steelers in Philadelphia taking on the Eagles. The Eagles, of course, still undefeated. Winners of six straight games. Inarguably the best team in the NFL up to this point in the season. Now, the Steelers are coming into this game on the tail end of back-to-back road games. A bottom five total offense as well as a bottom five total defense. Obviously, having no TJ Watt for as long as they have been without him contributes to that in a big bad way uh the eagles top five total offense top five total defense it's literally two teams on the exact opposite of each other uh across the spectrum here eagles also one of the best i think the single best turnover ratio in the nfl so far this year i think it's six games and i think they're plus 12 on the turnover differential so it's 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 just nuts the eagles the eagles are playing incredible football and they're well rested because they're coming in off of their bye i don't think this is going to come as a shock to anybody but the eagles over the steelers is my platinum pick this week straight up uh, i think the eagles are going to go in and kind of demolish them a little bit i think you could see a garbage time touchdown here that makes it look a little bit better but i think the eagles roll in this one so let's take philly at home to beat the steelers on the line here, the Eagles are laying 10.5 points as the home favorite. They're probably the only team in the league that deserves to be laying this kind of point total. I think I'm going to go ahead and lay that as well. Uh, minus 10.5. I think the Eagles should cover that on both sides of the football. So let's lay the 10.5 points. Total in the game set at 43.5. I think this stays under. Because I don't know what you're going to get from the Steelers on the offensive side. Chase Claypool keeps calling for more go routes, but you also have to be fast enough to catch them. And I have not liked what I've seen from Chase Claypool at all this year. If he's supposed to be the team's deep threat along with George Pickens, I'm just not seeing it this year. I like Claypool as a person, but I'm not seeing it. So I don't know what we're going to get from the Steelers offensively. I think I got to stick under on this total. I got no problem seeing the Eagles getting into the mid-20s. I think Pittsburgh might struggle to get into double digits here. So we're going to stick under the 43.5 point total in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Let's go Eagles 24, Steelers 10. So we're going to take the Eagles, lay the points, and take the under. Uh, let's see. Chad says Eagles all the way. I see 10 and 0 coming. I have to look ahead to their schedule. See what uh, see what we think. Uh, Fred Total says Eagles have nothing to prove. Pittsburgh might not score. <laughs> Ooh, I think I've predicted. Uh, I'm not going to ask Martin to have an encyclopedic memory on this. I think I've maybe predicted one shutout in the whole history of me giving score predictions. All right, the Tennessee Titans in Houston taking on the Texans. Now, despite the way the records look, and Tennessee's won four straight games and deserve to be where they're at in the context of their division, these two teams aren't crazy dissimilar statistically. The Titans are a bottom five total offense and a bottom 10 total defense. The Texans are a bottom 10 total offense and a bottom five total total defense now obviously in the results these two teams have been very different but strictly with whole team statistics it's really not that crazy 
to think how close these two teams might actually be. And Vegas certainly thinks that they're close because Houston is only taking two and a half points here as a home underdog. You would have expected this number to be somewhere in the fives or sixes, but statistically speaking, it kind of keeps that number a little low. I think this number, by the way, might be a bit of a gift to us. Titans have all the momentum. Winners of four straight. I think they're easily the class of that division. So let's go ahead and not going to overthink this too, too much. Let's grab the Titans on the road in Houston. Lay another loss on uh, the Texans. Now look, the Texans, I think, are going to do some stuff this year. I just, I don't see it this week. So let's grab Tennessee on the road in Houston to get the win over the Texans. Like I mentioned, Houston taking plus two and a half here at home as a dog. I like Tennessee to win. It's a fairly small price to pay. Let's lay the minus two and a half on Tennessee. And I like that so much that Tennessee minus two and a half points, my platinum pick against the spread this week, Tennessee to cover minus 2.5. That's the platinum pick against the spread. And the total in this one is 40 and a half. It's such a beatable number, but I don't know what I'm going to get from Houston. Either one of these teams really on the offensive side, the defenses have left something to be desired, but offensively, I got to see if more than one of these teams is actually going to score with any kind of consistency. So I think I'm going to stick under on this one. I think it's a a relatively comfortable under as well. Let's go under the 40 and a half point total in Tennessee, Houston. Let's go Titans 20 Texans 13. Uh, Fred total asks a good question. Is Tannehill injured? This game is going to get sloppy. So Tannehill was, I thought, was he in a boot? at some point post game, but they don't seem to think that there's any reason for concern uh, in the, cause I think he might've practiced yesterday or would have been a participant in practice had they practiced yesterday. So it doesn't seem like it's something that the Titans are overly concerned with. It's worth keeping an eye on for sure. And maybe that's why the line is as close as it is because there's some uncertainty, but usually when there's uncertainty about the quarterback, they just, There's just no line. Like they just, they don't play anything. So maybe there's some uncertainty there and that could be contributing to it. But I don't see any reason as of right now that Ryan Tannehill wouldn't be under center for the Titans. So I got to imagine that that's probably what the situation will be. But it is definitely worth monitoring. The Washington football team traveling to Indianapolis to take on Sam Ellinger and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts making the move yesterday to bench Matt Ryan. Now, he does also have a shoulder injury, but they they said it from their own chicken lips. Regardless of the injury status, this was what the move was going to be. And it's not just for this week. It looks like Ellinger's going to be the starting quarterback moving forward this season, which means Matt Ryan is not going to be an Indianapolis Colt come, what is it, March 17th? I think if they cut him before that, then they, they save a bunch of money. So you feel bad for Matt Ryan. Like if, if that's the way that his career kind of comes to an end and he's not like a Joe Flacco type that can sort of find a second life as a backup quarterback in the NFL, what a way for, you know, a, a legendary quarterback like Matt Ryan to go out. So yeah, we got a new starting quarterback in Indianapolis, Sam Ellinger. He looks like a horse. 
That dude is built. He is big. And he's young, and I think he's a bit of a playmaker. So that could fundamentally, kind of like P.J. Walker with Carolina, that could fundamentally change the way the Indianapolis Colts play offensive football. And if it does, I, I think you got to kind of like their prospects of at least getting better on the offensive side. Now, Washington, winners of two straight games now, that win against Green Bay that I certainly didn't think they were going to get and a lot of people didn't think they were going to get. Taylor Heineke and this Washington football team, not to call them the Washington football team, but this football team from Washington, I think kind of turned some heads last week. And yes, Green Bay obviously is in the situation that Green Bay's in, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... Back-to-back wins, it's tough to fault them. Now, they do have a bottom 10 total offense. Most of that is is uh, our good buddy Carson Wentz. But uh, bottom 10 total offense, and they are turning the ball over a good little chunk this season. But one of the teams in the NFL that's turning the ball over more than Washington is, is Indianapolis. So we may see that trend continue, although hopefully you move on to the new starting quarterback. Maybe that fixes itself as well. Uh, Colts are a top 10 total defense, so that does certainly help them as well. Washington may have some trouble moving the football, but uh, I actually like Washington in this spot. I like Washington as a dog here. I know uh, Chad points out quite correctly in the chat, Indy's won four in a row. I think uh, I think head-to-head have won four in a row, so he's thinking Indy squeezes by. I don't know. I think with Taylor Heineke, I think Washington's a better football team than people are giving them credit for. I like the commanders here in the upset. Washington now with three straight wins if they get this one. So let's take Washington to beat Indianapolis. On the line, Colts are laying three points here as a home favorite. I totally understand it, but I'm not going to be laying those points, obviously. I like Washington to win, so give me the commanders plus the three total in the game set at 40 and a half points. I don't know what I'm going to get with either of these two teams offensively. I think it's a low scoring football game. It's so tough to stay under a number like this, just like with the last game, but under 40 and a half points in Washington, Indianapolis is the way that I'm going to go with this. Let's go commanders 21 Colts 17 close football game. Nice debut for Sam Ellinger as the starting quarterback of this team, but I think Washington gets the win. Uh, Fred total says commanders are good pick. Chad says Tampa Bay and green Bay issues. Yeah, man issues in the Bay issues in both bays. Good Lord. As a, as a Packers fan, it's painful. It's painful to watch them play football right now. I look at it this way. There's only a week to the trade deadline. And uh, look, I'm now speaking directly to DJ Moore. DJ, please demand a trade to the Green Bay Packers. Just make me feel better. DJ Moore to Green Bay for a second and a fourth. Let's see it happen. San Francisco and Los Angeles. This game taking place in LA, Niners at Rams. Niners, losers of back-to-back games despite having a top five total defense in the NFL this year. The Rams coming into this game off of their bye, so they will be well-rested. Another team with a top five total defense. So this is a game between two very good defenses where points may very well come at a premium. Neither one of these teams moved the ball overly well this year. As a matter of fact, the Rams are a bottom 10 total offense 
in the NFL so far this year. A lot of that come with the struggles in the run game. Obviously, we know that they were in on Christian McCaffrey. They offered Cam Akers and a package of picks to Carolina to try to get Cam Akers. But, I mean, or to try to get Christian McCaffrey, I should say. But, like, Cam Akers doesn't move the dial for them when they've already got Chuba Hubbard. That's the young back of the future. So to bring in a Cam Akers, it doesn't really do much for Carolina. So it doesn't shock me that they turned that trade offer down. But we do know that the Rams were in the running and now they get to take a look, a firsthand look at the guy they almost got. So that a lot of intrigue coming into this week and coming into that game. Now, the one area that I do think the Niners probably have the biggest uh, edge in this is probably in protecting the football. The Rams are one of those teams that coughs the ball up just a little bit too much for my liking, and it puts them in some bad situations. The Niners don't tend to do that, certainly not at the same level as the Los Angeles Rams. So if there's an edge to be found between these two teams that obviously know each other exceptionally well, it could very well be in that. The Niners are the team, the team that I trust to not make that extra mistake that winds up costing them a football game. I got to take the Niners here on the road in Los Angeles. I like San Fran to get the win. I think Christian McCaffrey will be exceptionally involved this coming week. So let's take the Niners to beat the Rams. On the line, the Rams are taking a point and a half here as a home dog. I like San Francisco to win. It's a small price to pay. So let's lay the 1.5 on San Francisco. And you know what? I like that so much that the Niners minus 1.5 is going to be my silver pick against the spread this week. Niners minus 1.5, my silver pick against the spread. Total in the game here set at 42 and a half. I just talked about it. These two teams are both predicated on the defensive side of the ball. Offense is kind of leaving something to be desired, despite having good pieces. Both of these offenses have good and dynamic offensive pieces, but both of these teams are predicated on defense. We're going to take under the point total here, under 42.5 points in San Francisco, Los Angeles. Let's go Niners 17, Rams 10. So we're going to go ahead, obviously grab the under there, like the Niners to win, and lay the minus point and a half on San Francisco. Surely not a Stafford fan thinking the Rams are going to take this one. Uh, Chad, head-to-head, 49ers more wins. The G-Man is back, 49ers to win. Martin, Rams didn't sack Jimmy G in their prior meeting. Yeah, that's, you, you need, if you're the Rams, you need that front seven to generate sacks. That is where your bread is buttered, is generating sacks, generating fumbles, generating turnovers. That's where the Rams' bread is buttered on defense. And if you're not doing that in the game, it's obviously not impossible for them to win. They're the Los Angeles Rams. But it does certainly make the job more difficult. All right, three games left on the docket. Let's go here. The New York Giants in Seattle taking on the Seahawks. Now, both of these teams come into this game on at least minor winning streaks. Seattle has now won back-to-back games. The Giants have won four in a row. And all of a sudden, these New York Giants, you got to look at them as a significant threat 
in the NFC playoff picture. Now, the Giants are coming into this on the tail end of back-to-back road games. Seattle coming into this game, potentially dealing with an injury, a significant one, at wide receiver. And that's obviously DK Metcalf. He came up with a knee injury last week. I have to consider him week to week. They had to cart the guy out. Now, granted, they're saying he didn't doesn't need surgery, didn't do any structural damage. They're talking about him as if he's going to play this week. He certainly wants to practice this week, and Pete Carroll's like, easy now, bud. I would consider DK Metcalf week to week. And if DK doesn't play in this game, I really don't like Seattle's prospects. Like, Geno Smith has done some great things. Kenneth Walker is a home run hitter. He is a revelation at running back. He's exceptionally good. And especially for as young as he is, that guy's going to be a stud. He's getting close to already being that now. But if they don't have DK out there, at least drawing all the defensive attention that DK Metcalf draws, it's going to be certainly a harder road for the Seattle Seahawks. And especially for the Seahawks with a defense that's a bottom five defense in the NFL so far this year. Total defense anyway. I like the Giants here. The Giants are the team with the most momentum. I think offensively and defensively, they're getting the job done. They're running the football exceptionally well. They do have some weapons in the pass game. I like the Giants here. Let's take the Giants on the road in Seattle. G-Men get the win. Now, on the line, Seattle's laying uh, three points here as a home favorite. I totally understand why they are. I like the Giants to win, so give me the plus three on New York. New York's obviously also exceptionally strong this year against the spread. Their against the spread results have been immaculate. So, Giants plus three is going to be one of my four favorite ATS plays this week. Let's take the Giants plus three as my gold pick against the spread. Giants plus three, my gold pick against the spread. It's not a great hedge if Seattle wins, but there is at least some meat there. So we're going to take the Giants plus the three points. Total in the game set at 44 and a half. I don't think this flies over, but I do think it gets over the point total. I think Geno Smith balls out. I think Saquon Barkley should ball out against this defense. So let's take the over here, over 44 and a half points in New York, Seattle. Let's go Giants 27, Seahawks 21. Giants get the win. Give me the Giants plus three and give me the over on the points. Two games left. Speaking of teams going in exactly opposite directions, the Green Bay Packers, losers of three straight games, travel to Buffalo to take on a Bills team that has won three straight games and is going to be coming into this game fresh off of their bye week. So well-rested, ready to roll, a premier quarterback matchup, no matter what the numbers say, Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. Um, Look, As a Packers fan, obviously this team is barely recognizable from the teams that we've had over the last two years. We've, as if I'm part of the team. But like the teams that the Packers have had over the last two years when they've been a legitimate Super Bowl threat, completely different to what this team looks like so far this year. There's a Packers team that is still top 10 in terms of total defense, and they're going to need every little bit of that in this game to counteract what the Bills are able to do offensively. 
which is they're a top five total offense in the NFL. They're also a top five total defense. And I just don't think Green Bay is going to be able to move the ball to score consistently enough to have a shot in this game. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be exceptionally frustrated. I don't think Green Bay's got the weapons to handle a game like this. And that's why you can't lose two straight games to the New York teams and then lose to Washington. Because then you know you got to go to Buffalo. So maybe they were looking ahead. Maybe Green Bay didn't take Washington seriously. Now all of a sudden you lose to them and now you got to go to Buffalo and play arguably one of the three best teams in football. So good luck. Good luck, Aaron. That's all I can say. Uh, Obviously I like the Bills in this one. The Bills do way more at an exceptionally high level right now than the Green Bay Packers do. So the Buffalo Bills over the Green Bay Packers is my silver pick straight up this week. Bills over Packers, my silver pick straight up. Now on the line, Buffalo's laying 10.5 points, which they're a team that you deserve to have this kind of line, but also against a top 10 total defense, I don't think I can lay double digit points. I just don't think I can do that. I'm going to take the plus 10.5 on the Green Bay Packers. Not that I think they're going to win this game outright, but 10.5 points in this spot is just too many for me, especially in a season where I think favorites are only like 44% against the spread or something like that. So I'm going to go ahead and take the points here on the Packers. Total in the game set at 47.5 points. I like the under in this one. It's two good defenses. Yes, Buffalo can certainly score points, but I think if Green Bay plays at its apex defensively, the point total here is going to stay under. I don't know what they're going to do on offense, so I think we got to stay under on this one. Under 47.5 points in Green Bay Buffalo, and I like that so much that that's actually my platinum pick on the totals this week. Platinum pick is Buffalo and Green Bay under 47 and a half points we're gonna go buffalo 20 green bay 13 buffalo wins green bay covers the plus 10 and a half and give me the under on the points uh let's see martin says commander scored 23 on that top 10 defense yeah but didn't that include a defensive that included a defensive touchdown as well i believe which obviously i'm not going to uh i don't i'm not gonna say that well, that can't happen against Green Bay, again, or Buffalo can't do that, because yeah, they certainly could, and if they do do that, then the under's probably dead, but I don't think you can necessarily bank on defensive touchdowns in the same way as you can bank on offensive touchdowns, so in a world where we don't see a defensive touchdown, I I think this game stays under. Uh, Chad, Buffalo has more wins head to head, but Green Bay won last time. Green Bay has some issues. Yeah. Green Bay's got more than some issues, Chad. Uh, Buffalo to win. Uh, Ravens, Cowboys, Eagles, Falcons, Jets, Raiders, Coroner. I'm assuming that means Commanders. Uh, I don't know what that means. Titans, Commanders, Rams, Giants, Miami, Cleveland, Giants, Browns, Bills, over half I'm taking to cover. Fair enough. Again, favorites are just not covering against the spread at a at a high level so far this season so it's tough for me to take that so bills to win straight up give me the points on the packers and the point total stays under and the last game oh arizona arizona's who they meant (laughs) uh all right the last game on the schedule here for week eight the cincinnati Bengals 
on the road in Cleveland to take on the Browns battle of the AFC North Bengals have won back-to-back games and don't look now, but they're starting to look like that team from last year on both sides of the football, offensively and defensively. The Bengals are starting to look like that team again. Joey Burrow obviously had a monster game last week. The Browns have lost four consecutive games. It's not looking good for them. And they did just lose a big piece of their offense in David Njoku. Njoku's got an ankle injury. He's going to be out at least two weeks. And they're saying probably closer to five. And he is such a safety valve for Jacoby Brissett on the pass game on offense that that is a big loss for a Browns team that they are a top 10 total offense. And yes, they've still got those two running backs and those backs are important. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're both very talented, but man, I think this Bengals team has turned a corner and I think they're about to get on a run here. I just don't think Cleveland's got anything for them on the offensive side or on the defensive side. Maybe if you have Chubb run the ball 30 times, they might have that because it might just pound them into submission. I just don't think that's what's coming. I like the Cincinnati Bengals here on the road in Cleveland. I think the Bengals get the win. Now, on the line, Cleveland is taking three and a half points here as a home dog. I like Cincinnati to win. It is buying a hook in a division game, which I don't love. Cleveland's just on such a slide right now that I think I can afford to buy the hook in this one. So let's lay the points here on Cincinnati. Bengals minus three and a half is the way I'm going to go against the spread here. It's also worth noting Cleveland is one of those teams that just turns the ball over a little too much. That could wind up being the difference here. That could wind up being the scoring play that causes this number to hit against the spread. Total in the game set at 47 points. I think this clears it relatively easily because I think the game gets into the 50s. So we're going to go ahead and go over 47 points in Cincinnati, Cleveland. Let's go Bengals 31, Browns 21. Cincy wins, Cincy covers, and give me the over. There you go, folks. Those are your picks for week eight in the NFL in 2022. And I'll go over the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks here with you one more time. So straight up, my platinum pick, the Philadelphia Eagles over the Pittsburgh Steelers. My gold pick, the Dallas Cowboys over the Chicago Bears. My silver pick, the Buffalo Bills over the Green Bay Packers. And my bronze pick, the Minnesota Vikings over the Arizona Cardinals. Against the spread, my platinum pick, Tennessee minus 2.5. My gold pick, the New York Giants plus 3. My silver pick, the San Francisco 49ers, minus 1.5. And my bronze pick, the Miami Dolphins, minus 3.5. And on the totals, my platinum pick, Packers and Bills, under 47.5 points. My gold pick, Ravens and Bucks, under 45.5 points. My silver pick, Raiders and Saints, over 49.5 points. And my bronze pick, Patriots and Jets over 40 and a half. There you have them, folks. The picks are in for week eight in the NFL in the 2022 
NFL season. Thank you so much for joining me on this live stream, this late night live stream, if you will. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Teas and Coffee Bean. And thank you so much for watching the show. We will see you again for week nine. And don't forget, the final week of the CFL regular season goes down this week. My CFL show this week will be coming on Thursday. So make sure that you tune into that. The CFL playoffs just around the corner. Some of the best football that you will see anywhere. But we will see you again on this show for week nine picks next week. Mm -hmm.